Welcome and thanks for listening to the Spirit of Time podcast. It's a spirited discussion of watch topics and some of the cool bon vivant stuff that overlaps our hobby, especially fine spirits, craft beer, cocktails, and wine. In other words, if it's boozy, smoky, sudsy, or smooth, we'll probably talk about it. Think of it as a watch-focused happy hour for your commute. We are your hosts. I am Matt. I'm Greg. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. How's it going, buddy? Doing great, doing great. How are you doing today, man? Good. I appreciate uh, all of the effort. Well, I guess kind of on both of our end, but probably more on your end to actually sit down. It's been super impacted schedule-wise the past few days and the next few days. So we kind of scratched our heads and realized, hey, if we don't do a quick catch-up, we're not going to have an episode to drop next week. Yeah, and then we also realized the the, the iPhone limitations of, uh, of Zencaster. So now we know moving forward. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. If anybody else that we have on will be like, no, 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 <laughs> we've we've tried it, been there, done that. It does not work. Yeah, for all the technical stuff that nobody cares about, there's, it's funny, there's a redirect and it tells you to download an app and you're like, okay, maybe it'll work through the app a little bit easier. And then you click on, go to the app store and it's like, this app doesn't exist in your country or region. So, okay. <laughs> oh, that's a, you know what though? Now that you say that, I'm, I'm completely snatching this out of thin air in my memory. So I may be wrong about this. Um, but I want to say this happened with John Mosquito Boat. Like it, it directed him to download something or maybe it was somebody else, but around that time frame. Yeah, this is actually sounding familiar. This, yeah, this doesn't exist. It's like, uh-oh, quick, quick. Go to your laptop, go to uh, Google Chrome, and just basically, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to use the the technology it wants you to use. Yeah, no, but we're here and we're good, and it's uh you know a summer Friday, you know football season is is upon us in uh in the states here, and uh, summer seems to be unfortunately fading away. Oh, I know, I know. Well, it. I'm just happy you survived and I survived um, hurricane, then tropical storm, Hillary, nothing major. That's our, I guess, our weather check-in. It's been gorgeous for the past few days after that deluge. Yeah, we were talking offline and it definitely cooled it off for the last week. And uh, gosh, in certain areas too, it's still, the ground's still wet. Um, still some some uh, some rainwater you know, residual. So it's, it's kind of a curious August, uh, you know, mid late August really at this point. So, but that's all good. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it. This is about as um, about as nice as it's been in a few years, at least during during this time. But anyway, enough about that, man. We are on a bit of a time schedule, so do you just want to dive right into it? Let's do it, man. Wrist check, poor check. I you may not have a poor check. I think you've got something going on that's going to preclude you from drinking today, right? Yeah. Well, I I have not quite made it to the uh, to the full finish line, so I'm in like. Uh... You know, I'm on the final lap per se. Okay. So, um, but I am wearing the Hamilton Sea Breeze, early '70s, um, gold plated. Uh, this is one of the I think I've mentioned a few times three a set of three things that came from uh, my great grandfather's yep. estate, which is pretty cool, and it's got an awesome engraving on the back that I put there, sort of a, a catchphrase, a signature signature phrase of his. So it's got a it's got a very cool 
a very cool uh, personal connection. And it's funny, I love these watches in general. We, you and I looked at this one next to like, for instance, like the Cosmic 2000 that I have, which is roughly the same time period. And they have very similar case, uh, con, you know, case design, um, finishing and, and polishing and it makes a polishing and brushing, um, even the indices themselves. Um, this one's a, a manual wine, uh, ETA based and the, uh, the cosmic is, a an automatic, uh, Omega caliber. So that's thicker, but, um, just a really great K shape in general. Um, if it wasn't for the personal connection. I probably would quite love this thing irregardless, but, uh, given where it came from and, and the engraving on the back, it's, uh, definitely, uh, a really cool one. You know, it's a gold, you know, gold plated, you know, case it's got a, like a champagne gold dial. So it's got a lot of, there's a lot of presence on this thing. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that visually, and it's very cool. I've seen that watch several times, both in person and you know the uh, the images that you've shared. It's a great watch, man. You know, I, uh, it's got a red you know center sweep hand, and um, you know, remember that Bulova that I used to have the uh, the uh, um, Oceanographer? Oceanographer? Yeah, I yeah, sure do. The, uh, the date just adjacent. You know, there's a couple versions of that one. I believe I had the D, um, which predates uh, some of the others, and that did not have a red center sweep seconds hand. And um, I liked it better that way. It just was a little more, you know, uh, low key. Um, but for some reason, I love the red center secondhand on this one. It just gives it like an added element of sort of fun and, and funky. Yeah, no, it's very cool, man. I like it yeah, a lot. It's it's a, uh, with a matte, matte special Hawaiian. So it's got sort of a, a lot of vibe going on, a lot of tropical vibe. Yeah, I was going to say the shirt looks pretty epic. I uh, I had something similar going during the workday. I have since kind of doffed that shirt in favor of something else. But yeah, well, dude, that's a, uh, a heck of a wrist check, man. It's a, it's a goodie. So, but I think you have probably a few more interesting things than me going on. So tell, tell us what's on, uh, on the wrist and in the, in the glass. Well, let's start with what's in the glass. I've never had this before. You might get a kick out of this, although I know it's kind of a California transplant. I don't know if this was a big fixture like for you as a young person. I mean, this was kind of a thing for me in my childhood, especially in like my high school age. And that is a uh, hot dog on a stick. That's the sort of the the mall hot dog and lemonade stand phenomenon that you'd find in, in food courts and small stands. Yeah, and yeah. There'd always be the... Um, it's usually basically high school and college age girls with the uh, kind of the the uh, like that Austin Powers funky '60s looking kind of hat. I don't even know what you'd call it, but you know it was like multicolored stripes. And uh, yeah, so this is basically Santa Monica Brew Works 310 Stomped Shandy. So this is a uh, a lager shandy, 4.3 ABV. Um, it's if anything, it's probably a little too sweet excuse me, <clears throat> as stuff like, you know, a Rattler or a, Chandler, or a Shandy goes for me. But, you know, for a hot uh, early Friday evening, sun is still way up. It's it's nice. And I don't know, like I said, it was kind of fun, the, the hot dog on a stick connection. And it's still Shandy season, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, totally. So that's what I've got. In fact, here, I'm going to uh, get a little frog in my throat. Let's drink that away. Oh, yeah, much better. That's the pause that refreshes. And on the wrist, I actually changed watches when I got home. This is the from the on loan from a bro program. This is on loan from the collection of Horology 411, our buddy Chase. This is the uh, if the if my tag Hoyer or like the original Bond Seamaster are the people's champion tool watches in the like neo vintage arena, 
this is not the people's champion. <laughs> this is the Blancpain uh, Le Mans flyback chronograph. Just very, very well sized. I love the lines on this thing. They made such good watches from like the late nineties to maybe about twenty ten before they. And I mean, and, and you know, the Le Mans and Ultra Plate and stuff like that. You know, the um, Vila Ray stuff. You can still find very similar shapes, albeit maybe a little bigger, although a little thinner. Um, still very elegant, very cool looking, but this has got sort of the kind of, you know, the full, uh, uh, Arabics all the way around this thing and kind of the sword hands that you'd expect from that era. And the thing is just really good. It's on a very, very well done, like beautifully engineered bracelet, uh, butterfly, double butterfly, basically closure here. And again, um, Screw down crown, just super, super clean and not something you see anywhere else. I'm really happy to have this to kind of get this out of my system and wear this from time to time. And then, you know, I'll give it back to our buddy Chase. And that is definitely, you know, one of the benefits of having cool friends with cool collections. Yeah, that thing's incredible. Um, remind me, does Jason, remember when we had Jason on from uh, 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 Bad Ombre and in Mission 1513, does, does Jason also have one? He does. I think, uh, in fact, I think he wore that watch. So, you know, that it, as his wrist check on the episode, I think, but he definitely has one. I think he said that was kind of his first sort of in air quotes, next level watch. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty certain about that too. And at, hopefully in the next couple of months, we'll see some big news from him too. I think the, there's four of the single barrels, um, that are supposed to come out over the next, you know, 12 months or so. And so I think he's just waiting on, on what the first one to basically cross the border. And so that'll be pretty interesting, pretty fun, pretty exciting release. And, uh, and then he's been working behind the scenes on uh, tequila that cares foundation. So he basically set up a, a 501c3 um, that's going to, you know, raise funds and, and uh, try and support folks in, in tequila and agave, you know, agave communities and, and then do some stuff here stateside. So very cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. In fact, did you hear the 219? That was like our recommendation from maybe two weeks ago. Uh, David Driscoll's podcast, you know, as kind of an insider in the adult beverage industry, talking about, uh, you know, additive free tequila and that sort of thing. And that's, if you're listening to this and want to go back and just kind of have a primer, go back to our early days and listen to Jason K is a bad hombre. And then go find the 219 podcast spelled out T-W-O-19. Um, and, you know, listen, short form, good stuff. And you'll you'll learn a lot about uh, about what makes good tequila good. Yeah, Dave, Dave's been doing some pretty fun stuff. I've been enjoying, and especially the short format. You don't get that a lot these days. Yeah, he's done a good job, certainly better than the watch podcasts and sticking to short form. So yeah, it's literally my kryptonite is, is sort of staying underneath a certain time threshold. <laughs> well, Dude, we are, that is the name of the game today because we are on a bit of a time crunch. So let's just, uh, let's kind of plow through and get through a couple of quick things. First of all, just as a recap, our laps, last episode was with Wesley Smith from Standard H, both the clothing brand and the podcast. Hey, check this out, by the way. I don't know if you can see this, kind of the color. The color is awesome. Yeah, this is the the Gulf blue that I'm wearing for folks listening. I'm wearing a, uh, I, I've purchased several of Wesley's apparel items and I just got the Avant tee, the pocket t-shirt with uh, this Gulf blue colorway. It's really, really cool. So 
Very cool. Very nice. It's one of the only things that my wife has complimented me on in a long time in terms of, you know, my clothes and stuff. You know, I, a lot of my clothing is fun affectation. So, you know, if I'm not working, it's, it's something like a studied look, but this actually gets a lot of compliments. So cool stuff. Yep. Yep. Um, and then of course the other thing is just to, you know, uh, thank, uh, Balash Ferenci, right? From Fratello having me on as kind of the co-host and pinch hitting for Mike, who is, I, I gather is still kind of in and out of pocket, you know, with his new situation and now being in, you know, moving the entire family and everything to London. So it was my pleasure to kind of do that. I, I hope we can get a, you know, four-way cross-pollination thing with the full crew from Fratello on air and Spirit of Time pod. But that was great. That was a lot of fun to to sit down and basically fill uh, Stockton's big shoes. Yeah, no, I had, I had a lot of fun listening to that. And I think a lot of other people did too. Um, we, you know, listened to Fratello on air, you know, regularly anyway, but just the, the, the dynamic between the two of you was really interesting. And it was cool to hear Wallace's take on sort of what we do and why, you know, maybe it just might be a little different in the space. Um, and then speaking of Wesley, I feel like this is maybe a pit stop episode for us. I know he just dropped a pit stop the other day too. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. And you're right. This will probably be, if we are able to do it, probably come off a lot like that, you know, just basically a check-in and what's going on. Cause there are a few big things and probably the single biggest thing to talk about really is the news that, you know, broke last night about Rolex. Uh, Rolex is buying Bucherer. Who'd have thought that's a, a bit of a gobsmack moment, right? Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, it's obviously people are talking about it. People have a lot of thoughts and opinions about it. It's it, in my, in my estimation, it's probably the first step in a two-step dance. You know, I'm sure there's sort of designs uh, on what that means for them and their network and how they'll leverage that. I'm, I have to imagine, you know, the, the shrinking amount of authorized ADs, you know, that still work with them are probably not feeling great. Yeah, I think if you're, I, I really don't know. I mean, it's this is sort of partially informed speculation on our part. It's not like we're complete noobs, but you know, we don't know that much about the inner workings of the business and and how it is to be a Rolex AD. But um, I could see this either being business as usual for everyone, or hey, if you're if you're a smaller AD with less traffic and maybe a, less of a track record with Rolex, um, you know, maybe you're worried that your days are numbered. I, my understanding, and certainly is the case, you know, with a, a local AD here in San Gabriel Valley, I think they did. And I don't know that it was by choice. It may be, but maybe not, but they had to do a complete build out that took about six months to renovate a huge portion of their store to upgrade kind of the Rolex experience as its own sort of facility within a facility. And that's not cheap. You know, this is this is very nice. You know, they've got like a, two different sitting rooms, viewing rooms, and like a central kind of, you know, uh, entree, like a foyer within the entire place. And you know, this is not a, a small AD by any means, but I mean, this is not you know a, a, a massive corporate you know conglomerate kind of an entity. I'm, I'm sure that cost a pretty penny to do. If if you've recently gone through something like that and now you know, to feel like, Hey, maybe your days are numbered. That would suck. Hopefully that's not the case. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. And, and you had, you and I were talking earlier too, you had speculated probably pretty accurately that, you know, in terms of their, I guess it was just maybe what a year ago, the 
you know, the pre-owned program that they were basically, you know, establishing and routing through Booker, you know, that's that there's going to be an impact on that now and their ability to restrict, you know, pricing, you know, price floors, um, all those things. Right. I mean, that's certainly, I think, kind of the the conspiracy theory in quotes word on the street is, you know, that w- whether this is the intent or not, I mean, it's it's certainly, I think, going to be a feature of the process is that they may have additional ability, right, to kind of get their arms around the entire uh, pre-owned resale market and, you know, maybe tap more into that. I don't think the long story is i don't i don't think there's going to be any alleviation on you know the current status quo with you know supply not meeting demand i mean if anything this might make it worse who knows um i was interested to see i i looked up and I, again i could be wrong but in my research cuz i think when we think of bookerer there's stores that say bookerer right but they also own tourno and my understanding is you know a few other things as well so it occurred to me that they may have a presence in Asia, possibly in China. And I think, you know, people are kind of in the luxury space are girding for more consolidation because, you know, there's rumblings about the economy in China, maybe not being great. And certainly that's, you know, been a, a massive market for watches for the past, you know, 20 years, 10 years, especially it's been super hot. And, but I don't think Bootkerer has exposure there. So I don't think that's why they did this in terms of consolidating. But um, the other thing I heard is, and I don't, you may have, you know, run into some of this, is that uh, there's a succession issue. You know, it's the Booker chain of command is, you know, about to run into a dead end, I think. And if there's nobody to to take over the reins within the family, um, I think they wanted to find a, a happy marriage, you know, for the company and keep it keep it Swiss and keep it with like another Titan of the industry. So, I, I don't know if it was clear and it seemed like the news snippets were still pretty brief as information was coming out, but I wonder if that acquisition also included the Booker brand of watches as well. You know, that's a good question. I don't know. I think it does not. Because I think so, because the that brand, right, is you'll find Bucherer branded watches and Carl F. Bucherer. And that's what we think of, I think, in the modern era when we think of, you know, uh, uh, watches that have the word Bucherer on the dial. And my understanding is that that is a separate entity. I think Carl F. Bucherer was the founder of, you know, the retail enterprise, you know, like a hundred years ago, or m- maybe more than that, actually. Um and, you know, I think they go all the way back with Rolex to, you know, like maybe 1920-ish, uh, something like that. So that's that's all I know. It's not very I didn't much. Realize that. Yeah, but I, I don't know that it includes the watches. It could, it it, it might not. I think I think it does not. But what I'd be curious about, Greg, is what is this portend for other big brands that are retailed by Bucherer, you know, the Bucherer brick and mortars. I mean, <laughs> can't be Rolex. Like the, they don't play in the same sand pit as anybody else. So I can't, I can't imagine that's going to be a longstanding relationship. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could see it. So everybody is very careful today. And I mean, this is this, you know, we are today days old, you know, finding out this news, basically, you know, I think yesterday it broke. I think a lot of people woke up to it today, maybe. 
if they weren't paying attention yesterday. Um, everybody is saying that everything is going to be fine and that it's going to be business as usual and that Rolex will stay out of the day-to-day operations. Um, but, and I've, you know, I'll hold up my hand and say, Hey, I've never been into a brick and mortar location for book or even on trips to Europe and stuff. I've just never looked into these stores. I assume that there's a lot of, uh, you know, big brand presence in some of these places and who knows what kind of agreements they have. You know, I, I don't think they'd be able to abrogate them, but I would wonder if, uh, is that the right word? I think it is. I don't know, like going forward, how these agreements are going to be shaped if, um, you know, between the, the brands and the retailer, if Rolex is be able, able to influence, you know, any kind of decision-making as far as, you know, other brand presence, especially stuff that's, you know, maybe in closer direct competition to Rolex. So I'm sure Rolex would never say that Breitling is a competitor, but it is. And they, they a hundred percent will say Omega is not a competitor, but it is Grand Seiko, same. Um, I don't, I don't know to what extent all of these brands have representation in Bucher, but I think they do in Torno, right? Yeah, for sure. So, well, you know, it's always, you know, when big news like that comes out of nowhere, it's always, you know, begets a lot of speculation and sort of hypothesizing. And so, you know, the story is still to be written, I suppose, but you know, it, it certainly was uh, something that nobody saw coming. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I think over the weekend, just watch the blogs and the comments in the blogs and stuff like that. Maybe we need to to ask our our people who are more plugged in, um, you know, to the industry side of things. Uh, I, I'm sure there are a few people we know who who cannot and will not comment, but we know a few people who might. That might be interesting to kind of see what they say back channel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll... we'll uh... We'll continue to monitor the situation like the uh, like the highly decorated journalistic outfit that we are. Oh, dude, 100%. Um, I think uh, we are in line to win like our, our 14th, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what a podcast, a potty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Hey, man, it's spelled with D. Two Ds, right. not two Ts, buddy. Of course, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, there was something else that nobody saw coming that was uh, announced a few days ago. Do you want to walk us through that real quick? Or, I mean, in some regards, it's it's completely different, and in other ways, it's sort of related. I mean, it's 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 high end for the brand, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it catches everybody's attention when there's you know a thousand dollar Timex that drops. Yeah. This is so. What is the the other piece behind this, right? I mean, the moniker that I've heard floated is the thousand dollar Timex, but is is I guess the the story behind this is that it is a hundred percent Swiss made, or 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 at least that they're calling it Swiss made. I maybe not a hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. They're calling it their first truly Swiss made watch in over forty years. So they're saying maybe at some point, you know, 40, 50 years ago that there was other you know, Swiss made watches. Um, this is part of their Giorgio Galli, you know, collection. So it's, they've been doing it for a while. They're actually, you know, pretty handsome. Yeah. I think it's, um, to me, I, I looked at it, it is a handsome watch, but it's, to me, it seems like it's handsome in a generic way that some of the other, like, you know, heavy hitter Timexes in terms of, you know, popularity in the past two or three years have not been, in other words, those, the heavy hitters have been kind of visual standouts. This thing to me seems like, eh, I don't know. 
hundred percent agree. I mean, it almost looks like sort of a, almost has like a weird, uh, not weird. That's not fair. Just almost, almost has like a, like a bizarro pole router route, you know, vibe going on with not as much character. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good way to put it. It's, you know, pole router light. You know, the thing that's cool, I guess, is I guess the case is sort of sculpted and I don't know if it's 3D printed or whatever, but it's got sort of like this debatoon, you know, situation going on with the the case sides and, and the lugs, um, which were also in sort of the original iterations of this. And and at that point, they were kind of neat because, you know, they were 450 bucks and they had a Miota in them. Um, but there was, you know, a lot of style and there was some sort of panache. Um, this doesn't seem to build on it and throws a Salita in there and sort of, you know, 2X the price. Um, I just don't know who the market is for this. Do you? Not really. I mean, I can't believe there are that many, you know, Timex completists out there that are going to feel like they go to the, to the next level, like on the ladder for Timex. Timex seems like the, you know, the kind of the thing, you know, that if you're, you're a hipster, I don't know what, are do hipsters exist anymore? Like aren't aren't hipsters now like all in their mid thirties, late thirties? But uh That's a really interesting question. I I mean they still exist <laughs> regardless of their <laughs> of their age, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I just um you know, the the guys that wear like the the very dark, uh, you know, um super, super heavyweight denim jeans like that are cuffed and the ironically unironic like logger boots and flannel shirts cruising around you know uh in brooklyn coffee shops or or art district la um that's that's what this watch seems like it would appeal to like that kind of demographic but i don't know it's i mean it's definitely not my bag kudos to them for trying something but it just doesn't it doesn't seem like it stands out no no it doesn't I have no problem with the, with it existing, even at the price point. And, and I guess, you know, going for a fully Swiss made um, benchmark is not a bad thing. I just, I'm just really confused and maybe somebody will tell us why or that they're interested in it. I'm just confused at really who, who the target is at that price point, you know, for the enthusiasts and nerds, you have so many options. Can't imagine that would be top three on a lot of people's lists. And the sort of charm of, you know, a cheaper, sort of more affordable Timex is lost at that point. So it's just a confusing one to me. And, and really, I guess to put a, you know, a pin on it, but to your point, it's just pretty, pretty demure. I mean, at that point, you thought you might sort of strike out and do something kind of wild that people would say, wow, that's a lot of money for, for a Timex, but that's really wild looking or that's really different or that's striking for this reason. And it's, um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty down the middle Thing besides, I guess the case to some degree, but you're only really catching that from the sides. Yeah, i I'd love to see one, just you know, from purely kind of a horological interest, just to see how it compares to other things. But it's again one of those things where it's like I look at it and then I'm thinking, okay, if I'm going to be in that price point, I'd probably rather have something you know, much more visually interesting from other small independent brand. I know Timex, you know, small independent does not describe Timex, but, you know, a, uh, a Bremoir or uh, Laurier or something like that. Um, yeah. Or maybe take, I mean, take yeah. the next step up from there and, you know, get something like genuinely timeless, but with a lot of handwork, you know, from 
from Weiss watch, you know, from our buddy Cameron, that's something that's going to look good forever. And, you know, this watch seems like it's got, it's playing it very safe in terms of aesthetics in general, but it also doesn't really, it doesn't have any panache. I don't know. I don't, I don't care for it, you know, despite the fact that it's really inoffensive. It's just, eh. Yeah, I'm uh it's just kind of a curious release, but um we'll see. Maybe that maybe it's the beginning of something that they're gonna branch off or sort of build from and and maybe we're just sort of seeing the beginning of it. Yeah. Well, dude, I want to circle back on one thing real fast. Ooh, circle back. That's corporate buzzword bingo right there. Mark your uh your bingo card. Take a sip. Um just out of curiosity, have you ever given any thought? We talk a little bit about the whole, you know. A collection rearrangement and stuff like that. But with the the prices that some of these Rolex sports models are commanding on the secondary market, including the five digit, you know, watches, and you you've got five digit and I have five digit. If if that whole Bucherer model takes hold, like would you meaning the, you know, the the pre-owned, certified pre-owned, whatever they call it, if somebody offered you like a legit like 14 grand for your watch. Would you take it? No, you know, with the idea that they would they would turn around because we're we're being told that their CPO pricing is even higher than what we're seeing at gray market pricing locally. Right, right. You know, so your your watch locally, you know, could realistically probably go for twelve G's. You know, if somebody offered you more than that, would you be tempted or would you just be like, no, this we're on the on the cusp of something with Rolex that we just can't fathom because it's historically not something that's happened before, especially with that brand. And you just have to stay in it. Like if you get out of it, you're never getting back. It's like selling a house in California, moving to Arizona and then trying to come back. Right, right. That's wow. I hadn't really considered it. I mean, for something that's not quote unquote rare at all, right? There was literally many of them made for it to shoot up like that would be sort of um it would make you think it, it, it would force you to to really consider you know consider that where you wouldn't before even as the even as it got kind of crazy through the bubble all the way through the pandemic and stuff it never really crossed my mind um i don't know i guess i guess it depended what i would want to do with the funds then if it felt like a worthwhile transaction. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. You know, there are other Rolex watches. I'm not a fanboy, but I definitely respect the brand. And there's a number of watches that I like. I don't, I would find so much trepidation though, just about, you know, moving the pieces that I have. Cause I'd be afraid like, okay, I don't know, you know, is it, is it worth it? I don't know that I'll ever touch a GMT master again, because I just psych psychologically constitutionally cannot make myself pay that much for a watch that I had a few years ago for like way less than half of, you know, what they're going for now. And they were available all day long and they're still available all day long. Just not at an AD. Yeah. There's no, there's no shortage. They're everywhere on the gray market, all the models. Everybody's got them. I mean, I wouldn't want to take it and then like make two or three things out of it. Like that would be, it just wouldn't, no. it wouldn't satiate me. Um, if you really wanted to do that and then you wanted to go like wholesale, fire sale, liquidation, and then cobble together like 
more money than you probably thought you could have because of that primarily, but then all the, maybe some of the other things and then go like really crazy into something that you just really didn't think was possible. Maybe. Or if you just wanted to cash out and say, you know, this is like you said, 14, you know, whatever, some odd thousand that didn't exist before and it can be put to use somewhere else, not even related to any of this stuff, then maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's basically, you know, a full year's tuition at a, uh, at, you know, at a Cal state school for both of my kids combined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I definitely, I don't think I would want to take it and make it into like three, you know, three things that were, you know, combined of that value. That would be, that would be, I think very unsatisfying. Yeah. That's a rookie move both, both financially and as a, a watch whore. Maybe it, maybe, maybe one thing, you know, that was not even close to that value. And then you pocket the rest and you kind of call it a day and you, you're kind of satisfied and you put it to work somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm doing. If I'm like, Hey Matt, you've got a terminal illness and, uh, you, you know, I'm going to cash out and travel the world for my last few good months or something like that. Yeah. Heaven yeah. Forbid, that's a, that's a joke, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Other than that, man, I don't know. It's just, like you said, it would, in some ways, like I could almost feel like getting rid of everything else and just keeping that. And it's being sort of a one, a one, one trick pony. We were talking about that with Wesley. <laughs> I'd almost go the other way and say, forget it. I don't care how valuable it is now. Maybe just have just that thing. Yeah, it could happen. Stranger things could happen. Well, hey, dude, we uh, we set ourselves a pretty firm limit. Let me just kind of end with this. Um, just as a mention, I I posted something on the uh, on the podcast feed, another kind of quick video about kebab daddy meats. People probably, if you uh, listen to us and or follow you know the pod feed, you're like, hey, are these guys sponsored? No, we're not, not really. Um, but we did full disclosure, we did get some free product. I've purchased meat from this guy for many, many years and we'll continue to do so. But we did get some uh, some meats to kind of do a video and, and check some of that stuff out. Greg, you'd never had it. What did you think of that? You ended up having the Wagyu, right? Oh, so good. It was so good. Yeah, I got uh, the Wagyu. So uh, last week we cooked the Wagyu and the chicken. Um, and so this week I'm intending to cook up the, um, the tri-tip and the pork belly. And, um, man, that was some, it was freaking good. It was so good. It was really, really, really good. Yeah. I'm going to go tomorrow and pick up some more. I did the, um, the Lula that he does and that, that Lula kebab comes in sort of preformed patties. And the idea is you take that meat and, and form it the way you want, like either, you know, you can make meatballs out of it if you wanted to do that. It's a, I don't know what the percentage is, but that, that particular one is a beef and pork grind. And, you know, some places do beef and lamb. That's kind of a, a fairly common in, you know, the Eastern Mediterranean cuisine. But this is beef and pork. And uh, it's just got that really good mouthfeel, like really good Italian meatballs when there's veal in there. And obviously this does not have veal, but it's that that sort of thing. And you can do smash burgers with it or you can do, you know, um, uh, like Lula kebab or what have you. It's fantastic. But all the other stuff is great. So I'm glad you like that. And, you know, we just wanted to, to mention that because that guy's a friend and uh, is also a friend of, again, pod alum, High West Saloon, Brian, from that episode. Yep, yep. I actually met Brian 
there for the first time. And, you know, before, long before we had met, you, know, you, intro- you introduced me to him. I'd, I'd met Brian there and we'd talked and I just, you know, never, never made the connection that that Brian was your friend, Brian, small world. Yeah, no, it really is. But yeah, check out those guys, Kebab Daddy Meats, kebabdaddymeats.com, and uh, they deliver. They deliver. Yeah, they do, in in literally and figuratively. So it's good food, man. Yeah, shout out to, um, I just told you this morning, because it just happened last night too, but another local another local institution that that, uh, that I love and that we've talked about before, but um, uh, the restaurant in, in Old Town, uh, Pasadena on Union called Maestro, which is really, really excellent chef driven, uh, Mexican cuisine. And, uh, they were kind enough to, uh, they just got a, a, a single barrel Eagle rare, um, delivered and, uh, they kept the, uh, the barrel for me, which was pretty awesome. So now I've got a, an empty barrel at the house and, uh, <laughs> a couple of people were asking if we were going to do the, the high West saloon infinity, infinity barrel, not quite in my plans, but you know, I think we have a few ideas that we might use it for. So shout out to those guys at Maestro foods. Awesome. People are even better. Yeah, that's good stuff. 10 out of 10 would recommend a plus plus. That's it. Well, Hey buddy. Um, we are, I think this is going to be a record for us, man. Maybe the shortest episode, maybe like you said, kind of, uh, our version of a standard age pit stop 36 minutes. What do you think? Do you want to have this be the last sip? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, you know, let me leave you with a, since I didn't bring a, a sip, let me leave you with a recommendation. Um, have you seen on, uh, on Netflix, the, uh, um, the documentary on the, uh, American gladiators? I have not, but you guys were talking about it. It's awesome. It's called Muscles and Mayhem, American Gladiators. Probably like four or five episodes, like one of those mini docs, you know? And uh, man, talk about a throwback. And you forgot, sometimes you forget just how truly big that enterprise was and how dominant it was as a as sort of a TV series and, uh, and a brand. And, uh, and it, But it was also, you know the behind the scenes look at it, what, what was going on and, and how the talent got treated is, is sort of eye opening. And of course, a lot of those folks went through their own troubles. Um, you know, the gladiators that is, but, uh, to see what it came from, how they pitched it, what the first, you know, what the, the pilot and the first ser- season looked like all the way to what we would probably remember it and how they would run it on syndicate now. Um, it was pretty cool. And it was a, a fun, a fun throwback. I'll have to give that a look because that was something that I, it was, it would come in and out over my transom at the time, but, uh, it was just not something I watched, you know, in, in my younger days. So I'll have to give it a look. I mean, I, I remember what were the kind of the big guys, right? It's like laser and nitro and yep. pyro and tower, tower and, um, Gemini and, uh, and then all the, you know, of course there were, anyway, the neat thing is there's, there was sort of equal representation of men and women. Um, so of course you had all the female gladiators too, which were, they were badasses. So. Yeah. That's one thing I've, I've heard a lot. Like these people were like genuinely like phenomenally fit, amazing competitors, great athletes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Cool. Well, dude, it's good to see you. I'm glad we were able to kind of squeak this one in under the wire. Um, if you have found this podcast by, uh, you know, by virtue of mention from Wesley from Standard H or, uh, you know, Balash and or Balash and Mike from Fratello on air, uh, welcome. Please go check out the back catalog. Please go and visit, uh, you know, Apple podcasts, rate and review. That does mean a lot to us. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah we haven't asked for a push on that lately, uh, actually in a long time, but uh, it'd be awesome if, if we get a few, uh, few more five stars or, you know, hell, if it's a one star, we'll take the rating anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Although if you leave a one or two star or whatever, you have to tell us why. But, um, you know, it is uh, it is great because we know we've definitely picked up quite a few. I think we're up to probably about 14 or 15 listeners now. We are nipping at the heels of whiskey and watches. So that's all good stuff, man. Love it. Good stuff. Appreciate it. You got it, dude. Take care. This will be our last sip. Cheers to you. Oh, you don't you don't have a poor check. Boo. <laughs> you can cheers my Yeti mug if you like. All right. There. There you go. There you go. There's your water. Salute. Take care, man. Cheers, man. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram at Spirit of Time Podcast and contact us at Spirit of Time Podcast at gmail.com. As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.